Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 2023 is the year of the quarterback. Hurts has all day. Taking a shot. He's got it. Touchdown. There's a galaxy of cannon-armed field generals taking the NFL by storm. Herbert with time down the sideline. Will hoist the Lombardi Trophy when the confetti falls. Mahomes in trouble, gets away. Mahomes racing with the bad angle at all. Somehow, Patrick Mahomes. On Saturdays, it's a season of final acts. Caleb Williams throws the fade in the corner. Legacy programs are leaving their old rivals for new destinations. I'm inviting the University of Oregon to be a member of the Big Ten. The bitterness is everywhere. We chronicle it all right here on Sunday Morning Football, only on CBS Sports Radio. Happy Sunday morning to you, everybody. September the 17th, 2023. We lead into week number two of the NFL season. Thanks so much for being with us. DA with you over the next hour here on the show. We will have our Vegas virtuoso, Mitch Moss. Senior analyst for Sportsline join us coming up in 20 minutes. We'll look across the NFL with lines top to bottom and how Vegas Sharps view today's matchups. And later on in the hour, should the Jets make a call for a veteran QB? They may need one after Zach Wilson comes out of Dallas later on tonight. And the grass versus turf debate rages now after Aaron Rodgers' injury. That's coming up this hour. Here on the show. And speaking of Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers made an appearance this week with Pat McAfee and insisted that he is not counting out a return this season. Now, that feels like it's very wishful thinking. When you tear your Achilles, usually it's a 12 month rehab. And so to come back this season feels impossible. But There is one precedent as Cam Akers running back for the Los Angeles Rams a couple of years ago tore his Achilles in July and was able to make it back by the end of the regular season and the postseason. That was the Rams Super Bowl year. So that was a very quick turnaround. That was like five months. Again, if you fast forward five months, that probably doesn't even allow Rodgers to get back for the playoffs, even if the Jets made the postseason. But 
Rodgers clearly has some type of motivation in mind for suggesting that he might not be done for the entirety of this season. Either way, we start by looking at yesterday's college football action and specifically Colorado, who was a 23.5 point favorite against Colorado State in the Rocky Mountain Showdown. And it ended up being a double overtime affair deep into the night last night as the Rams of Colorado State and their head coach, Jay Norvell, tugged on Superman's Kate and then had an 11-point lead in the fourth quarter before the Buffs came back to win in two OTs. Did the Buffs get exposed last night? Let's start by coming in hot. Two to one, you've got a pair of bogeys, 12 o'clock. 30-plus years of service. Only man to shoot down three enemy planes in the last 40 years. Uh, yeah, attention, air control. Uh, someone tell DA he's coming in hot. The end is inevitable, Maverick. You're kind of headed for extinction. Maybe so, sir, but not today. Maybe so, sir, but not today. We begin with last night in Boulder, where the celebrities were out once again. Dwayne The Rock Johnson made his appearance on College Game Day. Two pregame shows, Fox and ESPN, broadcasted live during the day. They never travel for Colorado State games, but they did in this case because Dion of the Buffs is on the tip of everybody's tongue. Here's the call from Mark Johnson on the Colorado Radio Network. This will be a 39-yard field goal attempt for Chase Feely. He's 4 of 5 on the season. Ball spotted at the near hash. Snap is good. Feely swings the leg. Oh, he missed it. Did it get blocked or did he shank it? It's one of the two. It is no good. And the score remains 21-14. Um, you know, I'm just really disappointed we couldn't finish. You know, we had an 11-point lead in the fourth quarter that we couldn't finish that out. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just disappointing. You know, I could be petty. They petty, but I ain't, I ain't got time for that, man. I'm, I'm on to bigger things. Hey, I'm happy for the brother. I really am, man. I'm happy that they fought, that they played a good game. I'm happy he's a head coach. I'm happy for any brother that's doing it and successful, man. I, I truly am. I don't. I don't know where all this stuff comes from. I have to respond because, you know, it's my mama taught me that. You know, you just ain't going to type me and I'm going to sit back and ain't going to say nothing. But I'm happy for that dude, man. I don't know him, but I'm happy for him. I wish the best for him. I really do. Something was said between Norvell and Sanders after the game when they met at midfield in the middle of the scrum, but Norvell simply said, ask Prime about it, and then Dion didn't really illuminate what was said, so... It's kind of hard to figure at the moment, you know, where that thing stands. It probably isn't very comfortable, but I, I said this in the open, and I'll say this again, and I'll reiterate what I said on Friday's show, and that is I had no problem with what Jay Norvell said because while most people framed it as just giving the buffs more and more motivation and they're going to kill you anyway, and what does that do? What we saw last night was maybe Jay Norvell knew that he was verbalizing something that his kids were thinking. Now, I don't know if they were thinking he should take off his sunglasses and hat for interviews. Probably his players don't care about that. But I think Jay Norvell was, he was showing the frustration that Colorado State had by being looked at simply as a speed bump and route to Dion's coronation. And if you think about it, if, if you were the Rams... 
and you you have ESPN and Fox coming in to broadcast your game. Obviously, they're not there because of you. They're only there because of Colorado, and they're asking you all these questions in the pregame interviews and stuff like this early in the week about the opponent. So I think that Norvell just sensed from his guys that they were angry and frustrated for being basically there for Dion and the Buffs' homecoming, and they played well. Now, Dion said we played like crap, okay, in some regards, but you do have to give Colorado State some some applause here, some credit for a, a team that they're a three-touchdown-plus underdog to, leading by 11 in the fourth quarter. Now, they, they couldn't close the door, but I think what you saw was that Colorado's defense is not great. You know, TCU had plenty of big plays in their game to open things up, and that was a back-and-forth game. And then against Nebraska, I mean, the Cornhuskers have zero offense attack to to speak of. So they weren't really challenged. But yesterday they were again, and I think that's the tough part about Colorado going into the Pac-12 season, that their defense could just get carved up by some of these elite QBs in the Pac-12. But look, you know, if Dion is going to use media attention, understandably so, for his own brand and for the Colorado brand, the opposing coach that uses Dion's brand for attention and whatever is allowed to do his own thing as well. They're both allowed to do this. It's not like Dion has a monopoly on using the microphone to draw attention to his program. Next up, boy, in college football yesterday, how many top dogs struggled with unranked opponents why did so many of the top teams struggle yesterday let's listen in on some of the action courtesy of Learfield Sports and Eli Gold because at Alabama they struggled against USF so Williams still in the game to the right of Simpson from the pistol snap handoff into the end zone touchdown Alabama Finally, the tide finds the end zone. Roy Dell Williams able to bull his way in behind the right side of that offensive line. And Alabama has its first lead of the day. It's 9-3. I'm really proud of our players for the way they competed in a game. Um, you know, I need to do a better job of getting them ready to play in games like this. And we're a little flat in the beginning. But after the rain delay, I thought we competed better in the game. And... Now, I want our players to be happy about the fact that they won and enjoy it for 24 hours. Receivers running out deep, and we intercepted at the 39-yard line and step out of bounds. The dogs reached right in front of the receiver, Lewis, and stepped out of bounds. They picked it off, and this will secure the victory. And I told them, I said, you know, look, we, we, we're going to get six possessions in the second half. I don't know how many we end up getting. I said, we're going to get six possessions, and we're going to have to score on four out of six. And we're going to win one moment at a time, and we're going to go out and do it over and over and again. And... I mean, outside of uh, the possessions that ended in field goals in the second half that we, we ended up missing, but outside of that, I thought we did really well with our possessions. Georgia heard boos at halftime in Athens. That was audio from Scott Howard, courtesy of Learfield, and my apologies. Credits say Eli Gold in that Alabama call, but that is incorrect. That's Chris Stewart, who does the road games. Eli only does the home games at his age for Learfield as Bama struggles with South Florida. And I think what you have here is kind of two different stories between these two. Alabama struggled because they're a mediocre football team right now. Georgia struggled because it's really hard to keep an intensity level up when you play in national championship games, and these are September games against unranked foes. 
I think that's what you saw yesterday. And finally, when they woke up after halftime, Georgia kind of pulled away from South Carolina. But I think that neither one of these teams is going to be without a blemish at the end of the regular season. You know, obviously Alabama's already lost to Texas, but Alabama's going to struggle against good competition this year. There's nothing so far that can convince us that they're still an elite, elite football program. And the fact that Nick Saban, after the game yesterday, is talking about how he wants his guys to enjoy it, I mean, it was a seven-point game with 33 seconds to play against South Florida. The old Nick Saban would be absolutely irate that they didn't play well enough to blow out South Florida. And I wonder if this is not a real sign that Bama's just not what we know and Nick Saban's kind of, I can't even believe I'm saying this, but coddling his own guys. I, I just don't know how you let them enjoy a putrid win like that And then for Georgia, I don't think they're getting through this regular season unscathed. I know that the schedule shapes up well for them, but there is something about Georgia that I think we are going to see a fatigue, a distraction, a sluggish performance that comes back to bite them at some point this season. I do believe that, and they nearly got got yesterday. I don't know where it's going to come from, but they do have Georgia plays Auburn, Kentucky, Florida, Ole Miss, and Tennessee this season. I think there's a game in there where they're going to stub their toe. Might still win the SEC, but yesterday for Georgia, that was a pretty brutal first half of the game. And now finally in the NFL, the Dolphins had a great win last week in Los Angeles, and tonight they take on the Patriots from Foxborough to Otunga-Vailoa, and the Dolphins' offensive attack goes to New England to take on Bill Belichick's defense. Let's listen in to the Dolphins' win last week against the Chargers. Tua back to throw. Deep downfield. Wide open. Touchdown. Tyreek Hill. What a throw and catch. Right on the money. One-on-one. Tyreek just runs by him. And what a throw by Tua. Wow. That anyone is still saying you can't throw deep? I don't care. I, I mean, I don't care. <laughs> 466 is, that's what 466 is if I can't throw deep. Thanks. Comes it to the corner, and it's caught! Tyreek Hill, touchdown! Who else can you beat in a game? My gosh. Tyreek Hill, again. What a throw. What a throw by Tua. They're, you know, pretty well-balanced teams. Uh, you know, been interesting the way that, um, you know, they've kind of put the team together here in the last couple of years, but... Um, you know, offensively, obviously a very, very explosive group. Um, you know, Waddle and then adding, you know, Tyreek, a couple offensive linemen last year. Um, you know, Connor and Armstead and uh, Mostert. Um, then Barrios this year, you know, as a third receiver. Um, got a well, well-balanced team. Um, quarterbacks played you know very well and he's had tremendous production the last couple years Jimmy Cephalo Joe Rose of the Dolphins radio network that was Tua and Bill and I liked how Tua responded this week people questioning your arm strength I don't care 466 466 yards against the Chargers should squash any types of concerns about Tua and we know that Tua's first name is if he can stay healthy because everyone has said that all offseason. That's the, the thing that we just keep hammering home about Tua. So it doesn't need to be said. But when Tua's out there for the Dolphins, that offense 
comes and the play calling of Mike McDaniel and the two great wide receivers and the ground attack and the multiplicity of their their formations and packages and Tua at the helm, they're going to put up points. They're going to put up points tonight. And the Dolphins have flipped the script, you know, for years. The the Patriots obviously were the kings of the AFC East, and they just laid waste to the rest of the division. But in recent years, not only have the Dolphins been able to hold their own, they have oftentimes gone to New England and won this game. And so the Dolphins know coming into tonight that they could win, and they're actually the better team. They are a two-and-a-half-point favorite of this, and I think even though Mac Jones and the Patriots held close last week against the, the Eagles with that late comeback, I just think if the Dolphins play to their potential, there's just no way the Patriots can win this game. They're just not at that level. Now, if you can make the Dolphins commit some mistakes and what has always been kind of the calling card of the Patriots is let other teams beat you, you know, maybe. But if the Dolphins play to their potential, they're just at a different caliber than the Patriots are. And that is your coming in hot segment when we come back here on the show, our Vegas virtuoso, Mitch Moss, Sportsline Senior Analyst, to go around the, uh, around the league with the lines and the props of note coming up here next. D.A. Damon Amendolara here on CBS Sports Radio on Sunday Morning Football. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Winners, whiners, wise guys. Every week we scour the NFL odds to see where you should plunk down your scratch. I should bet. Sunday morning football, making wagering fun again. You win. All right, welcome back to Sunday morning football, everybody. So glad that you're with us here on CBS Sports Radio. And as always, the... Sunday Morning Football Show can be heard on your phone. You can stream us using the free Odyssey app. You can also use the free CBS Sports app to listen to us. Our Vegas virtuoso today is our friend Mitch Moss. Mitch, good morning. DA, uh, it's awesome to talk to you again, man. How you been? I'm doing great, man. Thanks so much for joining us. You can catch Mitch as part of VSIN, the sports betting network, and he joined us 
throughout the season last year and the year prior as well. So always good to catch up with Mitch. And I'm just going to start off by asking you your favorite play today. What is something you've circled today that you really like? Well, I like a couple of them. Um, I would probably say it's between the Bengals due to the injuries. And I'm not a big uh, chalk player in the NFL. I'm just not good at laying points. But based on the injuries that the Ravens have this week, I mean, that is going to be a lot to overcome and I'm certainly not going to overreact to how the Bengals looked last week for a couple of reasons. One, I think the Browns are going to be pretty good this year, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And two, Burrow, no preseason, was hurt. You knew, and they're, by the way, they're always like slow starters under uh, Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow. So I'm not panicking at all about that performance last week. So I like the Bengals. And I, I don't understand what the market has been doing this week. It's correcting itself today. But I like the Colts. Um, I know it's on the road against a divisional rival here. But, I mean, which rookie quarterback looked better last week between these two? And then Stroud was, you know, obviously um, uh, on the injury report this week as well. But it was Richardson. He was easily the best rookie quarterback. I trust Shane Steichen to make it work more than I would. I like Amico Ryans, but I think they're going to struggle early on. But then you look at their injuries on top of it. Uh, both safeties are going to be banged up. Laramie Tunsil now doesn't appear to be playing today on the offensive line. And this was shifting towards Houston, taking money this week. And I'm like, wait a second here. What is the market doing and that I don't understand? But now it's correcting itself, like I talked about. It's coming back to pick. And I think the Colts actually might go up as the favorite today. Okay, that's interesting. Last week, the Cardinals were catching seven points going to Washington and end up covering that number. Now, they look like the worst team in football, but seven was too big. Today, the Giants are only four-point favorites in Arizona. How do you lean as the Giants need to bounce back after that awful effort, but the Cardinals might not be as bad as maybe we thought? Yeah, another game where I do not want to overreact to what we saw on Sunday night. I mean, don't you think that the way that first drive played out for the Giants, I mean, that was total chaos to have it end in a blocked field goal attempt and then return for a touchdown. Like if they don't, if they finish off that drive, let's play, you know, go to pretend world here for a second, and they score a touchdown, it's 7 nothing. Don't you think that game would have played out maybe a little bit differently? Like yes. if they don't get blown out by five, you're right. I mean, it just, yes. So I think it just got completely out of control. Uh, they have, but I was going to say that the Giants have some injury issues, but what, which team in the league doesn't already here in week two? It seems like almost every one of them does. Um, Lau Gannon's comments about he wants to have killers on the defensive uh, side of the ball. I think he's going to have, I mean, being the D.C. with the Eagles coming over, taking that head coaching job, he's going to have the defense fired up a lot like they were last week. And who knows, maybe that side of the ball, like you said, is better than what we thought. Um, I, I just, I, the, the Cardinals are the worst team in football, though, still on paper. And I trust the Giants to come back. And I'll tell you, I haven't laid the four points yet, but I did, I did play them on a couple of uh, survivor entries today. Mitch Moss joins us from VSIN. And let's discuss this Packers and Falcons line. Packers looked great last week in beating the Bears. Falcons also went to 1-0. and This, just a couple of days ago, was the Packers getting one and a half points. But that number has crept up to three three now where the Falcons are now a three-point favorite tell me why money's coming in on the Falcons in the last 48 hours despite the Packers looking as good as they did last week 
It's because of the uh, the injuries, again, on the Packers' side of the ball. Aaron Jones, I would say, uh, we could probably all agree that at this point he's the best offensive player on Green Bay's side, and he was fantastic last week uh, carrying that offense. But he wasn't the only guy that got it done. But, you know, they came out right away after the hammy and said, not serious. Well, here we are on Sunday on game day, and it is serious. Along with uh, no Christian Watson yet again this week. And then, you know, Quay Walker was banged up, um, and he was awesome last week against uh, the Bears as well. So I think it's a combination there. You know, generally when you have a non-quarterback go down, you know, the talking point is, and we saw it on the season opener with the Chiefs, like what is Travis Kelsey worth to the number? Well, what would... Would Aaron Jones be worth the number today if it was only him banged up for the Packers? You could argue maybe a point, but when you say no Watson again, combine that with other guys that might miss, it's that's where people are like, okay, um, they're, they're, they have too much of an impact here for Green Bay, and so the money kept coming in on Atlanta all week. And I mean, that to me is going to, you're going to have to hold your nose on that one because Desmond Ritter, uh, oh boy, I mean, his average. Depth of target was eight, you know, almost eight and a half yards behind the uh, first down marker last week, and at one point he was four of four with a touchdown and no yards. Pretty scary throwing the football. I know, and and we know that Arthur Smith wants to run the football a lot, and that's fine. And mm-hmm. as you said, a lot of injuries for Green Bay, but it's still tough to lay a full three points for the Falcons because, as you said, I. You have, to, you have to really trust Desmond Ritter there, and I'm not sure that I, I do yet. Chiefs and Jaguars, it's the Chiefs' three-and-a-half-point line at the moment in Jacksonville. Chiefs will get Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones back for this one. Jaguars, though, hopefully for them, trying to, to win a division and get back to the postseason. How do you see this number, Jaguars, getting three-and-a-half points at home? Well, uh, I came into the season, like a lot of people, uh, you know, very high on Jacksonville, not only thinking that they were going to win this division, but potentially run away with it. And then the way it shakes out um, and, the, you know, which division they play in against some weaker competition, they might actually have, like, I'm talking about absolute ceiling here. There's a scenario in a path where this team could be the one seed in the AFC. Um, and that was knowing that KC was going to be on the schedule in week two. But uh, watching their performance in week one uh, on the offensive line, not very impressive. And then they have a couple of guys again here already going into week two, DA, Brandon Sheriff, who is, he was limited or did not participate in practice all week long, along with uh, Luke Fortner, questionable today. And the Chiefs are going to be getting Chris Jones back on the defensive line. They're getting Kelsey back. This to me, and again, with me being really high on Jacksonville, I just don't like how banged up they are going into this game. Um, So I would lean towards the Chiefs in this spot. You had mentioned the Giants' loss that just got away from them. The flip side mm-hmm. of that is, was it just a couple of kind of fluke plays that went in favor of the Cowboys? The reflection is in the line today, the Cowboys are favored by eight and a half points at home against the Jets. Does New York have a chance to keep this thing close with a good defense and maybe an overvalued Cowboys team coming out of Week 1? I, I certainly do. And uh, in one of the contests I'm out here in Las Vegas, we have to pick five games every week against the spread uh, I'm on the Jets in one of the contests at plus eight and a half points. And look, I mean, it's going to come down to how they're going to use Zach Wilson. If, and this is a big if, especially against Dallas' defense, if he can t- take care of the ball. I mean, what else is not to like about this Jets team? I know the offensive line is a little shaky and a little might be, uh, you know, uh, not not exactly um, accurate because it's probably more than a little shaky. But they have, we saw Brees Hall again. And the question coming into the season, is he okay? Well, he looked just ultra impressive in that game along with Cook and look at that catch that Wilson had 
And then the defense, I mean, we're talking at like every single level on defense. The line, the linebackers, the secondary, certainly. They have playmakers just jumping off the TV when you watch them. And they're super talented. If Rodgers doesn't go down, I mean, maybe this is an overreaction from week one. I think they're certainly Super Bowl contenders. And uh, Dak Prescott could also, you know, be turnover prone as well. So I'm, I was high on the Jets before the season, like most people. Um, and I was high on the Cowboys as well. But uh, this is a lot of points to be laying here today, and uh, I'm on the Jets here. Mitch Moss is the host of Follow the Money on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before we let you go, any player props out there? Any other numbers or lines that you like today that aren't just the traditional lines of the game? Sure. Sure. Now, the numbers have moved, so be careful with this. But I like uh, lines running back to Mir Gibbs. Probably rushing yards over, and if you can find rushing and receiving yards over as well, they made it a point to say after week one that uh, they wanted to you know, slowly let him learn what the NFL is all about to get a peek at it, and then they're going to bring him in more starting this week. So I think he's going to – and by the way, when you watch that game, I mean, to me it was like, well, I like Montgomery, he's okay, but Gibbs has superstar potential written all over him. And in the other one, I talked about that Colts-Texans game. This is just based on, you know – what coordinators are saying and, and you know what the game plan might be. The OC for the Texans came out and said, we have to get Damian Pierce the ball more. And um, his rushing yards prop, if you look around, is 55 and a half. I like Pierce today. I love him overall as a talent. And when coaches come out and say this, right, when you go back to Thursday night, Sirianni made a mistake in week one. When he's looking at the box score, he goes, yeah, DeAndre Swift, two, two touches. We have to give him the ball more. Well, he was the focal point and look, just looked awesome in that game on Thursday night. So it doesn't work out every single time, but you got to like it when coordinators and coaches come out and say that kind of thing. No doubt. Mitch Moss, the host of Follow the Money on VSIN. VSIN's the Sports Betting Network, the first 24 7 broadcast network dedicated exclusively to sports betting. You can also follow Mitch on Twitter. Always fun. Follow there at Mitch Moss Radio on Twitter slash X. Mitch, good to catch up, my man. Thanks so much. Enjoy your week to the NFL. Back at you, DA. Best of luck this weekend. You too, bud. Thanks again. Mitch Moss, our guest this morning, our Vegas virtuoso. Very cool. All right. When we come back here on the show, we'll do the insiders. That includes the debate that has been raging since the Aaron Rodgers injury, grass versus turf. Also, with the week that was last week, Week one, the opening weekend. The injury to Aaron Rodgers created quite a number of conversation hypotheticals around what do the Jets do to back up Zach Wilson. We'll hear from longtime NFL scribe Peter King on what he thinks the Jets should do. And did the Browns wake up the AFC and announce we're in this hunt as well? We'll do that coming up here next. D.A. Damon Amendolara with you here on Sunday Morning Football on CBS Sports Radio. Next from CBS Sports, the National Football League. You are looking live. You're locked into Sunday Morning Football on CBS Sports Radio with your host, D.A. Congratulations, man. That's all. It's time for The Insiders. Go to, ready? Come on. Right on. Welcome back. It's Sunday Morning Football here on CBS Sports Radio. I'm your host, D.A., Damon Amendolara. You can 
follow me on Twitter at DA on CBS or on Instagram at Damon Amendo. We begin with Peter King, longtime NFL writer. Of course, you remember him from Sunday Night Football, and now he writes Sunday morning in Amer- Monday Morning in America, his weekly NFL column, his wrap-up column, and I had him on the show earlier this week. After the injury to Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson's going to be the starting quarterback today in Dallas. But should the Jets sign a veteran or acquire a veteran to back him up? Here's Peter King on what he thinks the Jets should do. I'd probably try to sign uh, Nick Foles. Um, I know he doesn't fit their offense exactly, but he's a quick study. Um, He has hit the ground running in some difficult situations. And he's played championship football uh, not very long ago. Um, now, there's no solution. They don't have great quarterbacks on the street right now. Joe Flacco, Nick Foles, whatever. We we understand you're not going to be able to go out and get anybody. And plus, you know, who's the second week of the season, who's going to trade, a, 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 you know, one of the four, five, six best backup quarterbacks, you know, the only other option, maybe, maybe, would be to see if you can get Gardner Minshew, uh, because he's a uh, he's a guy who can run around, can make things happen, has played winning football very recently, uh, and the Colts are all in with Anthony Richardson. I think that the Jets should actually make a call to Matt Ryan. And I know that Matt Ryan to the broadcast booth, and the last that we saw from Matt Ryan, it wasn't very inspired. It was with the Colts last year, and that season went sideways, obviously, and then he got benched and the whole bit. But Ryan, I'm sure, isn't happy with the way things went down at Indy. Two years ago for the Falcons, he still threw for more than 3,500 yards and 20 touchdowns. And his professionalism, his leadership, his longtime NFL intelligence and smarts, I think could really help this Jets team. I suppose they can take some time and see what they have in Zach Wilson, but I would have made that call this week. I don't know if they did or did not, but I would have made that call. Going into today, Zach Wilson is going to be backed up by Tim Boyle. So if Wilson happens to go down, that's who's going to be in place for the Jets under center. You can give Zach Wilson some time to see what he what he can be here, but I don't have high expectations. I think what we saw even in the middle of last week was some of the same old decision-making and a very flustered attitude when he comes under fire, and I, I just don't have much more faith that today's going to look good. I know the Jets fans don't want to hear that the season's over when there's still 16 games to play. But I've got a fear that today for the Jets, it's going to look like a chicken with his head cut off with Zach Wilson against Micah Parsons and company for the Cowboys, and that it's going to crash and burn any optimism going into the rest of the week that Zach can be the guy. This is a really bad matchup for him in his first start after Rodgers was signed. Andrew Brandt was a former president of the Green Bay Packers, and now he's a media member. And... It's interesting when we talk about the turf versus grass debate because of Rodgers' injury. The NFLPA issued a statement this week saying they would prefer playing on grass. Most players have echoed those sentiments, and yet we don't have anything in collective bargaining about it. So the players have bellyached about playing on turf, but they haven't actually put their 
money where their mouth is because they have been unwilling to negotiate for it in the CBA. I, I mentioned Andrew Brandt being a good subject here because when he has worked for the Packers, the Packers have always had grass at Lambeau Field and have proven that if you invest the money in growing grass, you could even do it to a high level in Green Bay, perhaps the toughest climate to grow grass, and Lambeau does it better than anybody else. So it's proven clearly that it can be done. Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated described Lambeau as the smoking gun. For all these owners that say it can't be done, Lambeau's proven that it can be done. Here's Andrew Brandt on whether the NFL will ever go to mandated grass. It's become a bargaining issue. And I understand players and the union director saying this needs to happen. But if we've learned anything about NFL ownership of the last 20, 30 years is that they're just not going to do it out of the kindness of their hearts, right? There's got to be a business reason to spend more money on fields besides taking care of their investment because that hasn't worked. So it becomes a bargaining issue where the union, if they feel so strongly about it, has to say, we want grass fields as part of our agreement with the owners. But you know, as everyone listening knows, that will require a concession. That will require negotiation. And unfortunately for the players, they don't have a lot left to give. So that's where I see this kind of hitting a, a, a stop point where the owners just aren't going to do it without something they get. It's a shame that the players haven't put their foot down yet and said we're mandating grass fields. Obviously, it can be done. As I just mentioned, Lambeau's proven that you can have the technology, invest the resources, and grow beautiful grass no matter the climate. The English Premier League does the same thing. Many of the stadiums in the Premier League have a combination of natural grass and some synthetic roots and synthetic braiding to make it kind of thicker and fuller, but that it's natural grass that, that largely they use. There's a blend there that, that can be oftentimes used in places that are difficult to grow grass. But across the, the country, across the NFL, it can be done, and we see what happens in the World Cup. When the World Cup goes around to wherever, they will install natural grass for all those matches, even indoors. And this happened back in 94 as well when there were domed matches of the World Cup because FIFA mandates natural grass. So it can be done, it has been done, but Brandt is absolutely right that it has to be done via a bargaining chip by the players. That means you've got to concede something else and are you willing to do so? It would make sense to me considering if players want to protect their livelihood that starts with their health, their health starts with their playing surfaces and their equipment, and I would think this would be a pretty serious thing for the NFLPA to to put to dig in on. Finally, here's Michael Lombardi speaking of former NFL executives. He was formerly in the front office of the Cleveland Browns and now is a, a former GM that hosts a podcast and has written books. And I asked Michael Lombardi about the Bengals and Browns game from last week, how the Browns really hung it on the Bengals, a preseason Super Bowl favorite. Here's Lombardi. We've known this for the past two years. The Bengals have been 5-4 and four after nine games. And two years ago, they went to the Super Bowl, and they're a, couple, they're a bad, illegal, a false start penalty away from maybe winning the game. And last year, they had a penalty on the unnecessary roughness 
to lose the conference championship game. So this is a team that has always improved as the year went along, and I expect that to be the same. I think the team they played on Sunday, to not to minimize that win that Cleveland had, is really good. And I think Jim Schwartz, the defense coordinator of the Browns, has done a great job. That defense played at a very high level. Now, it's not going to you know, play that well against every NFL team because it was hard. The rain had an impact on the game. But the Browns are for real, and you know this will be a great test for them in Pittsburgh this week because they're playing good, and if they can run the football effectively and balance and control the game, uh, and Watson plays just to the even to a level that he has to, you know, uh, then I think he's got a great chance. Yeah, the Browns are really interesting because the Browns have talent. Nick Chubb is one of the best running backs in football. They've got one of the best pass rushers in football in Miles Garrett. They added a help on the defensive line for Garrett. And if Deshaun Watson ever comes close to replicating what he was in Houston, this is what the Browns acquired him for, traded those draft picks for, and gave him all the guaranteed money for. He was supposed to be the stabilizer and the playmaker at quarterback that they've been long seeking for many, many decades, basically since Bernie Kosar retired. So the Browns looked like it. They played the part last week against the Bengals. They're going to have to try to replicate that tomorrow night in Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football. That's a big one for both teams because the Steelers, of course, coming off a butt-kicking at the hands of the 49ers at home last weekend. They desperately need a victory to avoid 0-2. We know the stats are not good, and the Steelers were hoping to be in the playoff mix, and that would be interesting if they get off to an early 0-2 hole and kind of chasing the rest of the season. So a big one tomorrow night on Monday Night Football. It is a doubleheader, the opening Monday Night Football doubleheader of the season for ESPN. The earlier kick is Saints and Panthers, where New Orleans is 1-0, and and the Panthers have a lot to work on after their week one loss at 0-1 as Bryce Young threw a couple of interceptions. That one is going to be in Charlotte, so that's the early kick about an hour ahead of the Browns and Steelers tomorrow night as well. So a Monday night doubleheader, Saints and Panthers, followed by Browns and Steelers tomorrow night. Today, this is the way the schedule looked. It's the Packers and Falcons from Atlanta. The Falcons are a three-point favorite in this game. I love the way that Jordan Love played last week, 245 and three touchdowns. And the Packers are dealing with injuries today, so maybe a little bit more of the offense falls on Jordan Love's arm. But I thought it's been indicative that the team really likes Jordan Love, and maybe that's a little different from how they were receiving their previous quarterback and Aaron Rodgers. But let's see if Love can follow up his week one theatrics in week two where he's got injuries on his team. Raiders and Bills from Buffalo today, and the Bills desperately need to get back of the win column and look good doing it compared to what they looked like on Monday night, specifically Josh Allen. That was such a rough outing for him. He needs to have a bounce-back day today against the Raiders to shush some of the critics and questions that maybe even he has about his own play. Ravens and Bengals from Cincinnati. This one is an early kick as well. The Bengals are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Will they look better than last week? Let's hope so. They were awful against the Browns in the opener. Seahawks and Lions, thousands of Lions fans in Detroit today will be wearing C.J. Gardner-Johnson's suggestion of a blue ski mask 
because Detroit is now embracing the role of villain. I'm not sure I would call the Lions a villain. I think they're a pretty popular team in terms of feel-good stories and turnarounds, but the Lions are using any motivation they can. They host the Seahawks today. Chargers and Titans from Nashville, Bears and Buccaneers from Tampa, and the Chiefs have Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey reportedly back as they travel to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars, Colts, and Texans, your your early kick as well. In the late window, Niners and Rams from SoFi Stadium in Southern California, Giants and Cardinals in Arizona, Jets and Cowboys in Dallas, Broncos hosting the Commanders, and then later on tonight, Patriots and Dolphins. Thanks to EJ Stewart, your executive producer. Thanks to Ryan Botcher on the Wheels of Steel and Tony Pierno on your headlines. I'm DA. Enjoy week two of the NFL slate. I'll see you tomorrow morning on the DA Show here on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.